I'm Tony Silvera. Today, I will talk about the wind of the Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 8, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. What does Jesus mean comparing the wind to a person who is born of the Spirit? Let me give you this uh, short example. Years ago, I lived in Ontario, which is a province of Canada. Among many beautiful things that we can do in that region, I love to visit Niagara Falls, in the border of Canada and the US. In the last century, it was decided to build a new bridge between the two countries. The first matter at hand was how to span the river with suspension cables. What they did was launching a simple kite. The builders were able to get a thin string across the edges of the cliffs. There are a few old illustrations showing different people trying to cross the cliff with a simple kite. Using the string, they drew a rope across, which was followed by a larger rope, then a small cable, and finally a cable heavy enough to use as support in building the bridge. When it was completed, the huge structure that could support a train showed no signs of having once been launched by a simple kite. When I was a child, I would gather by the end of the day on a nearby field to launch kites. You only use them where there is wind. Without the wind, the kite will be pulled but fall. This is just an illustration for I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is like a wind and without the Holy Spirit blowing, our lives cannot go up. As the simple kite took the cable and later on the suspended bridge was built out of a simple string of a kite, God wants to blow your life with the wind of the Spirit. I desire to be hit by the wind of the Spirit. And I ask God, blow over my house, blow over my family, blow over my mind, blow over my emotions, blow over my relationships, blow over my nation, blow over the rulers of my country. And I always pray, blow over my church. God is not a wind, but His presence can be manifested like wind. Wind is moving air, and fresh air is needed for life itself. Even seeds require wind for dispersal and subsequent growth. Similarly, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God, the source of all life. Wind has no material shape or form. It's invisible. We cannot see the source or the destination of wind. It is mysterious, an unseen force. Nevertheless, its presence is known by its effects, because wind is a powerful force. It cannot be stopped or controlled by people. 
Likewise, the Holy Spirit is not subject to human control. The word spirit, both in Hebrew and Greek, means breath or wind. Both a breath of air and a breeze are appropriate images for the Holy Spirit. When God created man, he breathed the Spirit in him. So the words of Jesus comparing wind with people with a person born of the Spirit are relevant. Just as the Niagara Falls Bridge was built because of a simple kite blown by the wind, God wants to blow His wind in our life, and we must allow Him to take us in the direction that He wants, even if what we do is as simple as carrying a string, a little piece of rope. God wants to use you, and so let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow in your life. God bless you. This was my little devotional for this week. Check me online at passioncenter.org. I'd like to start by reading again this scripture uh, in John chapter 3, verse 8. It says, The wind blows where it wishes, and your heart it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We can uh, uh, take this verse and bring many conclusions from it. But I would like to focus today on the fact that as Christians, we need to uh, be aware of the wind of the Spirit, be aware uh, of what the Spirit does in our life, and allow God to use us. And I gave this uh, illustration, and um, um, you, you, you watch beautiful uh, um, uh, movies from Niagara Falls. How many of you went to Niagara Falls? Anyone here? Everybody? No? You need to go there. It's, so, it's awesome. It's one of the great things we can do uh, in Canada. It's, uh, it's Niagara Falls. You know, the Rockies, Niagara Falls. There's a few beautiful things. We have lots of beautiful things also here in our region. But uh, uh, the, the waterfalls in Niagara are a demonstration of strength, and they're full of history. It's a beautiful place to visit. And so there's, a, there's this uh, bridge there. It's called the Rainbow Bridge. And I'm sorry to disappoint the gay community. It's not called Rainbow because of anything that has to do with your community. It has to do with the rainbow that shows in Niagara Falls. Uh, because of the mist. There's a, there's a mist all the time, and so there's a constant rainbow that you can uh, see over there. So they named it after the rainbow, because uh, also as they were building that bridge, uh, the rainbow was always over the bridge. So it's called the Rainbow Bridge because of that. It kind of follows the rainbow, and it's uh, rainbow-shaped. It's a beautiful place. So the, the way they did it, uh, as uh, you watched in the in the little devotional that I showed uh, before the message, is that they they threw kites, and uh, and one kite uh, crossed um, across uh, Canada to the United States, and uh, from that single string they pulled cables that then developed this uh, mighty. A bridge. Even today, there's a kite festival every year in Niagara Falls. Uh, 
and so many people go there because very colorful uh, and uh, and they do this festival uh, and the festival is to honor the way the bridge was built. So it was a simple kite pulling a string that then pulled everything else in order to build the bridge. And, and uh, it's not the first bridge in the world built like this, but I believe the first one in Canada and one of the last ones because, you know, today you, you don't need this uh, uh, kind of rudimentary technology, you know, to build uh, something. But um, uh, as, as uh, they needed the wind to build that bridge, I thought this was a perfect illustration how a simple thing can give origin to more complicated things in, in the sense that Everything uh, in life starts small. Even you started as an embryo, and uh, and now look at you, <laughs> and uh, look at us. And and so uh, uh, God created the whole uh, human race from uh, one single uh, family. Uh, first a man, then uh, God uh, made this single person, two men and woman. And then from there, all uh, races, tribes, nations, everything. And now we're 8 billion of us. It's a, it's a lot of people, I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I, I wanted to start by, by this. And so the word, the word spirit also, both in Hebrew and Greek, uh, means wind or breath. So in, uh, in Hebrew, it's the word ruah. Uh, which is the breath of God. When, he, when it says in Genesis 1 that the, the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters, it's this word, ruha. It's, it's the breath of God. It's like a, a, the wind of God was blowing over the face of the waters. Of course, people that don't believe in the Bible or in spiritual things and they read this, they know that wind is essential uh, to life. Without wind... You, you wouldn't have life uh, because uh, it's wind that uh, uh, blows seed and seed that uh, fertilizes and then produces all the vegetation. Uh, and, and so it's mainly, well, of course, we have insects and all that, but it's everything comes from this, this wind. It starts from wind. So when Jesus is mentioning uh, the wind of the Spirit, it's not a strange notion to those that are listening. It's a strange notion perhaps to us because our word for wind, it's wind, and our word for spirit, it's spirit, two different words, two different things. But in the original uh, scriptures, it's the same word that describes one or the other. And, and when uh, we ask God to come over our lives, we, we can ask the wind of the spirit to blow over us over our lives, over our house, over our family, over our mind, over our emotions, uh, over our relationships, over our nation, over the rulers of our nation, and also over our church. We, we, and we've been praying for this. We ask God and we say, God, uh, let your Holy Spirit blow. So, so here, here it is, the introduction. Uh, Jesus said that those that are led by the Spirit... They're unpredictable like the wind. Like the wind blows, we don't know where it comes from, we don't know where it goes to. Uh, so those that are born of the Spirit. It's, uh, it's that unpredictable factor that causes us 
uh, that are led by the Spirit to achieve mighty things. I don't know if you like sports. I know some of you like uh, soccer, like I do. And uh, I, I, I like to watch soccer when it's played with quality. Unfortunately, I, I'm not watching the Montreal Impact lately uh, because they really need to up uh, their game. <laughs> so it's so sad. Sometimes I turn on the TV and I, I try to watch. And, and I understand why people don't like soccer in the United States because the soccer practice in the United States, it's, it's bad. It's lame. And you know why it's bad and lame? Because it's predictable. Uh, you know, one of the things of a sport, when we like a sport, it's when something unpredictable happens. Like, I don't like American football, but I, I watched the play uh, from this week. A guy that ran 100 and something yards and says, wow, this is great. Nobody was expecting the guy to, to run like that. So in sports and in life, when something is unpredictable... It produces a different result than what we expect. There's a creative process in, in, in this. Uh, uh, you know, uh, that, that's why sometimes I will say, I'm sorry, Jeff, I'll say I don't like rap. I do like rap when the rapper is good. When what he says, it's unpredictable. Because if the rhyme is already in my mind before he pronounces it, I don't like it. You agree with me, Jeff? <laughs> it, it's lame. When we, when we, we see all the, you know, uh, uh, we know what rhymes with a different word. But when the rapper is unpredictable, he says something different. Say, wow. It's unpredictable. So the wind of the spirit, this aspect of the wind, talks also about the, this. Uh, and also the Bible verse that we read says that the wind blows where it wishes. So, uh, well, we cannot say blows where it wishes because wishing something requires an intelligence or a mind of its own. But this, remember, this is an illustration of Jesus to try to explain how we move in the spirit or how we should move in the spirit. So when it says the wind blows where it wishes, it's that th there's no choice. You know, we can predict the next storm. We can even name the storm. We can name the storm uh, uh, Rose, the next storm. <laughs> or we can name the storm, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to name you. Denise, Hurricane Denise. And, and, and so sometimes we, we, people will see their name and say, oh, wow, there's a hurricane after my name. And why do they name them? It's because you name usually uh, special things and they name them because during uh, a season it's an entity. And, and then you try to predict where it goes and they will say, okay, this one will go between Biloxi and uh, Mobile, Alabama, whatever. And, and, and so they try to predict, but they, they're always wrong. Uh, like they're not always, but most of the times they're wrong. But they try to predict and build the models, and they know that it can be here, 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 and there. And that's okay. So we know at least it's going to get close to us. That's why we consult the weather and all this. But the wind, ultimately, it's unpredictable. Because sometimes the hurricane goes in one direction, and suddenly 
moves to the right or to the left. It's unpredictable. So th this is a, a known fact. In, in uh, Matthew also, 8.27, it's very small here. It says, and then the man marveled saying about Jesus, what sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? So winds obey Jesus. So he, he is the first uh, uh, person First human being, though we know he's God and man, but he's the first one that commanded the winds to stop and they stopped. And they were all in awe. Said, wow, who is this that can stop the wind? And I want to convey to you that Jesus can, as he can stop the wind, he can stop the Holy Spirit from doing something. He can stop you also by the Spirit. Why? Because it's not that Jesus only has control of physical winds. He has full control of the spirit. So the spiritual world, it's under the full control of Jesus. And this is where we diverge from other religions that also believe in the Holy Spirit, like Islam and uh, other religions that uh, like native First Nations religion in Canada, they believe in the great spirit and all this. So it's not a matter of believing the spirit. We are subject to Jesus, the one who has the power to control the spirit, the wind, and to uh, command the winds to stop if, we, uh, if he has to. Uh, so the, the, the thing is that the, the goal of Christianity, the goal of God is for us to receive the Holy Spirit. It's not for us to just believe in God, but to receive him in us. Because many people can believe in God or believe in a God, but they don't have him. And how do you have God in your life? I know that in Sunday school and, um, you know, in Christianity, we tell people, you need to receive Jesus in your heart. That's a, like a good wish. It's a good wish. And I'm going to explain you why. Because the place where Jesus is right now is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. We're on earth. Sorry to disappoint you. But when you invite Jesus into your heart, it's a figure of speech. Because in fact... Jesus is not here physically. He's not here right now. He's in a place called heaven. It's another realm. It's a spiritual realm. So who is here representing God? The Holy Spirit plus the church. So the Holy Spirit is manifested here on earth through the church. And it's like a wind. So when you invite Jesus into your heart... In fact, you're surrendering your life to Jesus, but Jesus, I'm sorry to disappoint you, doesn't come into your heart in person. It's the Holy Spirit, which is God also. I don't want to confuse you, but I want to give you the right theology because when we know things right, we do things right. If we have a wrong concept, we're not going to operate as we should. Okay, so we can invite and we do a prayer. And I'm not saying it's wrong. You do a prayer, you invite Jesus into your heart. But in fact, who comes? It's the Holy Spirit, also known as the Spirit of Christ in the Bible or the Spirit of Jesus. And, uh, you know, this, this, uh, why is this so important? 
Because we are led by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will give us the Word of God, will give us the directions of God, of Jesus, of the Father, but it's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on earth. Remember, Jesus said, I need to go. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. But I will not let you uh, in a situation that you'll be orphans. I will give you my spirit. He will be with you and in you always. And so the Holy Spirit uh, should be manifested in us. That's the presence of God. I know we pray to, to the Father and we pray in Jesus' name and I know all those rules. But why is this so important? Because those who are led by the Spirit of God, those are the children of God. That's John the Apostle who wrote this. And today we're seeing this Bible verse where Jesus said that we that have him in our lives are like the wind, are like the ruha, are like the breath of God that blows in its unpredictable. Also in John 20, 22, he said, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Not a popular thing to do under COVID-19 to breathe on someone. Hello? <laughs> like if you go around and start, people are going to be very angry. Don't do it. <laughs> but here's Jesus breathing on them. Why? Because that's what the, the word spirit is. So he's acting what he's speaking. So this is a, a, a prophetic act. He could have just said, receive the Holy Spirit. But no, he added some action. Because you know what? When we add something, we, uh, we do an act. People understand things better. I know that I'm talking to you, and I'm talking naturally. When I preach uh, in South America or Africa, I know I need to yell and jump. Because if I don't yell and jump, people don't receive the message. So I need to just do an act and hallelujah! And yell and do something. And people get all excited. Uh, I don't need to do this here, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Because I know you're paying attention. Because our mindset, it's more like a teaching, professor-teacher mindset, rather than a rain man <laughs> mindset. So uh, are, are you following me? So Jesus does this act. He goes to them and <sighs> receive the Holy Spirit, like Benny Hinn says. <laughs> and, and blows also on people. And, and uh, some, some of you that are old enough to remember him know what I'm talking about. Or Reinhard Bonke, he will, he will say, receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you had a hundred thousand people there, you know, starting to speak in tongues and fall on the floor. And, uh, and so uh, there, there's a, a, a little aspect that we need to understand. Now, uh, I, I wanted to focus on this so we, we understand what God is truly saying. That's the, the word uh, spirit uh, written there in Hebrew. That's the word breath, ruha. And in Job 33, 4, it says, The breath of the, uh, the Almighty gives me life. 
the breath of the Almighty gives me life. You know who gives you spiritual life? The Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you have no spiritual life. So we can believe in God, but if we don't have him, we don't have life. It's like the Pharisees knew about Jesus, but they couldn't identify him as, as the Messiah. Why? Because they were blinded by their religion. So they knew about God. They didn't know God. We need to know God. It's good when we get together, we learn stuff, and we learn about God. But it's better when we know him. And so when we introduce God, that's why I was mentioning this aspect. We introduce God, we introduce Jesus, and we tell people in a simple, like, baby language, telling you need to receive Jesus into your heart. Because this will make some sense to some people. To some it doesn't. But, uh, but this is what we do. When in fact, as a church, what we need to do is to manifest Jesus and communicate the breath of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God. Communicate the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is present. He's right here, right now. Even Jesus said, where never two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be there. And he said, I will be there. How? Through my spirit. So through my spirit. The spirit of God dwells in us. He's not limited to us. He, he can be anywhere. He can be on top of the abyss. He can fly over chaos like in Genesis 1. And, and he can do all this. In this season, God chose to abide, to dwell in us. So we carry the presence of God. And when we're conscious of that presence, that's when we say we're not afraid. Because God is always with us. And he protects us. You know, God can protect you from COVID-19. Even without a mask. Don't do it. Be wise. But if God is protecting you, nothing Absolutely nothing shall do anything to you because it's the breath of the Almighty that brings life, not death. You see, death comes when uh, the spirit is absent. It's not, uh, it's not in any other way. Now, how can I receive the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life? And I'm going to move to my conclusion. It's very simple. We need to uh, ask. First, we ask for forgiveness. So we enter into a relationship with, with God. And we know that relationship is, is done through Jesus Christ. And when we read in Acts of the Apostles, we see that the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, was poured upon the church. So in Acts 1, uh, Jesus gave the last instructions to the disciples. And on verse 8, he says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So, so these are the last instructions of Jesus. And then he commanded them to stay in a place and pray for the Holy Spirit. So they went to a small room, only 120 of them, probably a room that wouldn't be much bigger uh, than the room in which we are here in this studio. And um, in, uh, uh, in uh, 
chapter 2 of this book of Acts, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing and mighty wind. So do you see the word wind again here? Do you see what's going on? So the Holy Spirit manifests his presence coming as a rushing and mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. What filled the house? The wind. The wind. It's like, uh, you know, I know that when the AC is on, we have a, a rush and mighty wind here <laughs> also. But there was no AC, uh, no climatization there. So the, the, and they were, the, it says the doors were closed. Where did the wind come from? The wind is the wind of the spirit that comes from the, the spiritual realm and it formed this mighty wind. It's not just a wind, it's a mighty wind. And the uh, reason why we build houses is to break the wind. I, I love to, to sleep under the stars, but if it's windy, I cannot sleep. That's why mankind builds uh, walls and we build homes. It's to cut the wind. And uh, even cutting the wind, if it's very strong, I'll wake up in the, in, the, in the evening when the wind is shaking my house, when it's a, a rushing mighty wind, and I just say, thank God I'm not outside. You know, thank God I'm not outside. But this is the reverse. Outside, it's okay. But inside, there's this wind and fills the place. And then on verse 3, it says, and appeared uh, unto them, Cloven tongues like as a fire, and they sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and begun to speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I will expand on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what this represents in, a, in another uh, message. But today, I want to focus on this aspect of the wind. And let me uh, finish by reading the scripture where we started, which is John chapter 3, verse 8, where Jesus said, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, and so is he who is born of the Spirit. That's the rest of the Bible verse that is not uh, printed right there. So we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We saw that the first church, they received the Holy Spirit in a supernatural way. And uh, many of us here are conscious of the presence of the Spirit. And you can say, I am filled with the Spirit. Others say, I am baptized with the Spirit. The word doesn't matter. What it matters is, do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you have the Holy Spirit? And some are more extrovert. They do extrovert things. Some more are more introvert. And they don't manifest exuberance or anything at all. It doesn't mean that you don't have the Spirit. No, so either I shout and yell and uh, sing hallelujah and, uh, and do the, the hoop or whatever here. Uh, it doesn't mean that I have more of the Spirit or less of the Spirit. Those are just observations. But we need to feel the presence of God. Let me conclude by giving you two examples. The first one, um, I, I don't know if you ever milked a cow. Have you ever milked a cow? So there's this story. Uh, when, I, when I was a, a child, my, my grandmother had a farm. 
a small farm and there, there were like ducks, chicken, lots of chicken and lots of quail. There was thousands of quail because uh, they, they, they breathed the chicken and quail and all that. And there was a few cows. And, and so I learned uh, uh, how to deal with animals at a very uh, young age. But there's this story of this guy that uh, moved uh, to a farm. He was tired of town and he bought a cow. And so he went to the store and got all the equipment to milk the cow and learn how to do it. Uh, but after a, a while, uh, the cow wasn't producing as much milk, was drying. And so he, he went back to the general store and he said, I don't know what's going on with my cow. Because, uh, uh, you know, I had like uh, uh, gallons of milk and now I have just a little bit. The owner of the store told him, so tell me what you do. Well, every morning I milk the cow and I milk just enough uh, to drink the milk and for my family. And he said, so you, you only milk a little bit and you stop. Yeah, it's, just, it's going to stop forever because with the cow, you have to milk it all until there's no more milk. Because if you don't do this, the flow of milk will stop. You have no more milk. So if you had no knowledge about this, now you know. If you ever have a cow, you milk all, all the milk. And if you don't want more, Give it to the dog, give it to the chicken, give it, you know, do whatever, make cheese, yogurt, do whatever. But you need to milk the cow until there is no more milk. Otherwise, the flow of milk will stop. This is just an illustration because the Holy Spirit is not a milking cow, but the principle is the same. If you want the Spirit of God, you need to go to the presence of God kind of milk it until, uh, you know, there's no more because next day there's more and next day there's more and next day there's more. But every day you need to go to the presence of God and ask for the Holy Spirit until you get the last drop. All right? Just an example. My last example. And I'm going to talk about a tree. Talk about a cow. Let me talk about a, of a tree. This is the mulberry tree. And the mulberry tree gives berries. And we love berries from the mulberry tree. And so when I read about this tree in the Bible, I was very curious, you know, what, what is this, the, the mulberry tree? And so I found that the mulberry tree is associated with one of the greatest victories of King David. And um, this is in the book of First Chronicles. The one is missing there, uh, 14, 15. And uh, uh, I'll tell you briefly the story. The Philistines were attacking God's people and they were going to destroy them. So David uh, consulted with God and asked, Lord, shall I fight them? And the Lord told him, yes, go ahead and fight them because I will be with you. So he gave them a beating. He just smashed the Philistines completely. They were like almost wiped but not completely because a few weeks later they gathered and they said, we're not going to put up with this David. We're going to get rid of all of them. And so they attack a second time with bigger numbers. And this time it seems that David is in trouble, but uh, David could have thought, well, I beat them the first time. 
I'll give them a beating the second time. You know, come on, come on. But he didn't do it. He consulted with God. And, and God told him, you're not going to do anything right now. You're going just to sit under a mulberry tree and relax. And in the right time, the wind of the spirit will blow over the mulberry tree. And when you hear from the wind, there's a voice that will tell you to go. Then you will attack the Philistines. And so did David. So he was completely unpredictable. When the Philistines thought, oh, now they're coming, nobody showed up. So they were still in their positions waiting until the moment was right. We don't know what circumstances. We just know that God led David like this. So God told in 1 Chronicles 14, 15, and it shall be when you shall hear a sound of going. I don't know what's the sound of going, but it's probably a trumpet sound. Uh, you, you know, a, a, a trumpet, it's very interesting. The, the, the Hebrew trumpet is a shofar. And, you know, a shofar uh, has the same shape of our uh, um, respiratory tract. Uh, has the, this, the same shape. The, the horn has that shape. And so, so the, the, it's like we have a built-in shofar also. So like, a, you know, think, think about this. And, and so the, the shofar will blow uh, for attack, for retreat, for victory. And there's different sounds. So what God is telling him is that the wind will blow and it will sound like the shofar telling attack on, on top of the mulberry trees. Then you shall go to battle for God is gone forth before you to smite the host of the Philistines. That's uh, old English there. So, so it, it's like saying, then we go, you go because before, ahead of you, I've already done my work. So we don't know what kind of work. Maybe they all got the flu. Maybe they all uh, got diarrhea. Uh, you, you know, there's an occasion when they all got hemorrhoids. Uh, you know, so we don't know what God did, but God did something on them before the attack. So when the attack comes, they have an advantage. But they attack when the sound of the wind the wind blows on top of the mulberry tree. So there's, there's, that's why there's some songs of victory and some psalms that refer to the mulberry tree. So the mulberry tree is a representation of, of victory. So, so it's a very, very interesting episode in scripture involving wind and the mighty victory. So, uh, so God acted and he sounded like the wind. So they, they obeyed. The wind. This wind that blows wherever he wants. And I wonder how the wind blew the sound of the shofar. But we know sometimes, I don't know if when there's a lot of wind in your house, if you have a weird noise. You know, uh, in my house, when the wind blows from a, a, a specific direction, blows in my front door and does a noise. And did this twice. In 14 years. <clears throat> and I wake up and say, well, what's going on? And I run there and says, look at this, but it's all sealed. How come is this noise? Uh, you know, it's when it, it blows on that door on a specific uh, direction, 
produces that noise like a trumpet. Literally, it's like... It's very weird. Very weird. When your house whistles, it's very weird. But some of you are looking at me and say, oh, that happened to me. All right? <laughs> that happened to me. Now, this is a mulberry tree. And the, and the wind is blowing. And the wind is saying, attack now. So I wanted to finish, conclude by telling you this second story. I told you about the cow, that you need to milk the cow uh, and in order to get always milk, otherwise it will dry. In, in this sense, if you don't ask for the Holy Spirit in a daily basis, it will dry. And that's why I see Christians that were on fire for God and now they, they dry it. And now they, they even say, oh, I don't even know if I still believe in God. So, and if you're not on fire for God, you need to ask for the Holy Spirit because it will come to a point, listen, you'll be so happy of the presence of God in your life. It's not the feeling. The feeling is great, but feelings come and go, you know, and, uh, and with age, your, your feelings change. So, so the thing is, uh, the Holy Spirit is not about feelings. I know our generation is about feelings. So you may tell them, oh, if you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to feel great. Say, oh, I want to feel great, so I want the Holy Spirit. But that's not the purpose. It's not your feelings. It's to have the life of God. And when you have the life of God, listen, sometimes we have struggles, we have fights, we have battles in our life. Some are way bigger than us. We cannot win all those battles. But when the Holy Spirit is with you, you just relax under your mulberry tree. Maybe it's not a mulberry tree, but it, you relax in your sofa and you pray and God will talk to you. And when it's the right time to take an action, do what God says instead of trusting in your own strength. This is my message for today. Let us just stand. I would like to pray with you. So God, I pray for all of us here, those listening also to this message, that as David rested under the mulberry tree and he listened to the wind of God, to the breath of God, the one who gives us life, he achieved something, a great exploit for the kingdom. And so God, we want to do exploits for your kingdom. We want to be sensitive to you, Lord. Blow in us. Oh, God, and even as that uh, small kite crossed Niagara Falls to give origin to that powerful bridge, Lord, if we're just a kite taking a string, so be it, Lord. If, if our mission is just a, a, a grain of sand in the ocean of what you're doing, Lord, just use us and let your Holy Spirit be in us. I pray in Jesus' name that people will receive the Holy Spirit in this season like never before. And that as a church will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So blow Holy Spirit in us. Let the rushing mighty wind come over our lives, our homes, our workplace, our families. And God, that everything we do will be led by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen.